right, go on. To the Iconoclastically Bombastic Network and Iconoclastically Bombastic Sports Network Debate Series. This is Chris Lewis, and I will be your moderator this evening. Uh, tonight, we have our fearless commissioner and yet another battle of wits with the relative newcomer in Drewby Robertson. The format for tonight's event is as follows. We'll have two minutes for the initial contestant to respond to the debate question, one minute for a rebuttal from the other contestant, and then one minute for a re-rebuttal from the initial contestant's answer. Um, we will have seven questions, and we will alternate who goes first, starting with Ronnie and moving to the challenger, Drewby. The debate will be judged entirely by the members of the Iconoclastically Bombastic Sports Network, with the winner being announced within three, 24 hours. Again, this debate will be between our commissioner, Ronnie Carlton, and our challenger, Drewby Robertson. I'm going to give each of these two gentlemen a minute to introduce themselves, starting with R.C. Um, first ahead, of all, can you, uh, you might have to mute him, or Drewby, can you get to a better uh, line? I think that's yours. It's crackling a little bit. Is it uh, yeah. get to like, a different spot yeah. in the house, I mean, maybe? Cause I think yeah, I got, my, I, I got my Bluetooth headphones on. Let me turn them off quick. Yeah, that's probably what it is, because it's, it's, it's just giving us a little feedback. All right, so while he's doing that, my All name right. folks, Hey, wait, hold on. Is, is this better? Uh, say something can else. You, can you hear me better or no? Yeah, it's a little bit All right, cool. better. All right. All right, okay. Uh, my name is Ronnie Lee Carlton, Jr. I am the commissioner of IBS, you band of uh, rebels. I'm the commissioner of you. I am the conqueror of Wallace Howard <laughs> Glenn. I am the brother to the false king and paper champion, Corey Carlton, and I will have my vengeance this debate or the next. <laughs> All right, that's it. Up to me. Yeah, well, go ahead, Drew. My, my, my name's uh, Andrew Robertson, born and raised, still live in Buffalo here. Uh, I jumped on the page when there's maybe seven, 800 people. You know, I read a lot. I just... Uh, haven't commented much, never done anything like this, so, you know, RC put open uh, open challenge, I accepted, so win or lose, I'm going to get a hang of it first time, and uh, I'll be back. That's all, all I got. Right. Sounds good. That's good. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate yep. the introductions there. Uh, from now on, if I say iconoclastically bombastic, I will be sure to abbreviate it because it's a mouthful. Never realized how much yeah, it's go hard be, it is hard work to When I first started doing it, I was like, damn, I yeah. did this. This is what I did. So you can say IBN, IBS, whatever. Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Well, we'll move into the questions as soon as you guys are ready. Uh, ready when you are, RC. All right, I'm ready. All right, well, the first question is for Ronnie. The IBS public wants to know who is the most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL. Ooh. Wow! In the in the entire uh, history of the NFL, that's in the history of the NFL. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, uh, I'm going to go with Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Not only is he the leader in interceptions, but he's the leader in touchdowns as well. And that the touchdowns everyone wants to talk about, but the interceptions they don't. Brett Favre had a two to three year span where he was unbelievable, and that allowed him to be carried reputation wise. Madden's love. He would play the game for free. My brother talks about it all the time how annoyed he was. Brett Favre was not the person that we thought he was, 
he also was not the player that we thought he was. He would take way too many risks, and it used to pay off, but it, later in his career, it did pay off. And you even saw the microcosm of Brett Favre in a game, his, one of his last games, the Minnesota championship game against New Orleans, where he threw game the game-losing interception. So my choice is Brett Favre. Man, that was a good one, man. I'm, I got it. I'm fucking. <laughs> it's gonna be a tough one. Okay. Uh, for me. Okay. Ruby. Um, personally, I'm gonna have to go with Troy Aikman. Uh, I might be a little biased on this this matter because you know, being born and raised a Bills fan and watching him destroy us in the Super Bowls. But uh, the way that his offensive line was set up and blocked when they weren't getting arrested, and, you know, I don't think all those stats would be there without Emmett in the backfield. If you look at when um, when uh, Smith and Irvin came on, that Aikman stats weren't up to par with those three rings he had us on his fingers. So, uh, like I said, it might be a little biased in my opinion, but I'm going to have to go with Troy Aikman. I got a quick question, quick. Do we keep running on until you stop us, or – you get uh, two minutes if you're the first person to uh, be asked a question, which you will be next next question. Uh, you get one okay. minute for a rebuttal, and then RC, yeah, RC gets to go ahead and rebuttal here for another minute. So that's the time. Oh, yeah, that's I'll, I'll let he, he was, he was asking if he, could, if he should continue through his time or he could just cut it that's off. That's what I'm wanted. saying. Like, do I keep talking? Then you tell me, like, hey, your time's up. Oh, it's up to you, man. If you're done, you're done. If you want to keep going, you can keep going. All right. No, no I'm good. I'm good. That was a tough one. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, do I get rebuttal? my rebuttal? I get to rebut the rebuttal? Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Aikman is a popular choice because the Cowboys are not necessarily their most popular team, but they're also the most hated team. But I would say that Favre is the better choice because of where people have Favre. There are people that have Favre as top five. There are people that have Favre in the GOAT conversation. Nobody really has Aikman in the GOAT conversation. And people say, well, maybe he shouldn't make the Hall of Fame. But if you look at Terry Bradshaw's staff, if you look at Joe Namath's staff, especially in the past, and even now, because people make the argument for Eli, if a quarterback wins, they get right. the Hall of Fame. But I don't think anybody's saying Troy Aikman is a dominant quarterback, top ten or anything. True. And and do I get a rebuttal or no? Or no, you'll get, you'll get a rebuttal of his, of his response to your to your answer uh, or to the to the question after in the next question. So it will alternate okay. each question. You'll get, you'll get okay. the re-rebuttal this time because you'll get to answer the next question first. All right. So moving on to the next question, our next question is, who is the top wide receiver in the current NFL and why? And that's on me? That's on you. Absolutely. Go ahead, Andrew. Um, uh, Here's another tough one. Currently, yeah, we're talking right now, best receiver in the NFL. Um, uh, For me, I would have to go with Calvin, but since he retired – that's not going to work for me. So I'm going to have to say, in my personal opinion, it would be Julio Jones because playing with that kind of size and speed and, you know, it's a weaker division, but having Roddy White on the other side and having the number one guy on him at all times with Matt Ryan, who is so up and down and very consistent, doesn't have that great of an arm, but he seems to produce even when he's hurt every single year. And, he, you know, it's just with that size and strength and the way that he can bring safeties up and free up in the running game forever they have back there. But, yeah, for being so young into his career and dealing with the, that many injuries and to put up 1,000-yard seasons uh, back at, you know, season after season after season, 
I'm going to have to say Julio, just a total package of size, speed, and talent, and always playing hurt and still producing. I'm going to go with Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is unguardable. He's a rare combination of speed, quickness, and short area speed. He has over, this, and I know this by heart because he's one of my favorite players, he has over 250 catches in the last three years. He's had over 100 catches in the last three years total. I mean, not total, but each consecutive year. He's had year after year three of 100 catches plus. I believe that he is the best receiver in football. And we saw how much that high-powered Pittsburgh offense was missing when they didn't have him in the playoff game. Good call. Un- unbelievable stats. I mean, I don't know how that one went right over my head, but there, it's been proven in the NFL through the last three seasons that he is unguardable. You know, but to have a Hall of Famer quarterback, so now, uh, you know, with the arm that Roethlisberger has and the way he could step up into the pocket and sling it around, I just take Julio because the lack of talent in Matt Ryan's arm. I just, you know, Julio gets himself open, but I can't really rebuttal that because Brown is unguardable. Okay. Quick, quick, quick question, RC. Who's your, who's your team here? You're a cowboy, right? I'm, I'm a cowboy fan, yeah, but I'm not a fanatic about them. But yeah, they're my team. All right, yeah, I just just had a question, quick. All right, man. Cool, cool. Okay, cool. Yeah, you guys are doing good. You don't even need cues from me. You're just pretty smoothly running through this. But uh, okay, third question. This one goes to RC first. Uh, rank the following running backs. Obviously, in order from best, I guess from best to worst or worst to best, just signify how you do it. The following running backs. LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, and Marcus Allen. Wow, that's that's uh, you're going to have to read them again because four is a lot to consume. So you said Adrian Peterson, okay. LT, LaDainian oh, Tomlinson, Marcus Allen, and who was third? No, Marshall, Marshall Falk, Falk, right? Marshall yeah. Falk, okay. So uh, of those, gosh, that's, that's, tough, that's tough. Who is number um, four? I'm going to go with it's, – it's me. I'm going to go with uh, – Okay, sorry, four is a lot. Adrian Peterson, Marcus Allen. Marcus Allen's going to be number um, – shoot, read him again one more time, Chris. Sorry. It's hard to get okay, off. Okay, okay. One lot. more time. I'll read him again to you again also, Andrew. But, uh, okay, okay, so it's Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson, Adrian Peterson, and Marcus Allen. All right, so I have Marcus Allen last. I had Marshall Falk to be first because he is just this dual amazing threat, just as good a receiver as a as a running back. And I would have LT with over 100 touchdowns, well over 100 touchdowns, top five in total touchdowns in NFL history. And then AP is great, but I don't. If you look at the stats and you look at what they were doing and their impacts on the game, I think with the receiving, I think LT and uh, and Marshall Falk are superior to Adrian Peterson. So we got yep. Falk, LT. Peterson and Allen. All right. Um, Andrew, go ahead, sir. Yep. I, uh, you know, I'm still young, 29, heading on 30 here. Um, The reason I am a a student of the game and I follow the past, uh, the reason I'm going to have to put Marcus Allen as four going worst to best is because I didn't get a chance to witness him play with my own eyes. But, I, you know, I've seen the stats and how incredible he really was. But, you know, unfortunately, I have to put him there just because I never got the opportunity to see him. Um, number three, I'm going to have to go with – who else? We got Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, and who else am I missing? Oh, 
Let me think. Well, number three, then I'm going to have to go with, uh, who am I missing here? Levinian, oh, Tomlinson. Yeah. Yep, Adrian Peterson, Marcus Allen, and who was the last? It's Ladanian Tomlinson, Tomlinson Marshall for the San Diego, Marshall Falk. Yeah, and then and then Marcus Allen and Marshall Falk, right? Yeah. All right. Yep. Well, um, yeah. Well, for me then, I'm gonna have to go. Number three would be Adrian Peterson, um, because of how RC stated, the man is unbelievable. He's a downhill runner, but he'll also juke you out of your shoes, your cleats, um, just for the simple fact that LT can catch as many touchdowns out of the backfield that he could running the ball. I'm going to put him at number two, and I'm going to put Marshall Falk at number one just because the stats speak for themselves, playing for the greatest show on turf. If you really look back at it, Kurt Warner wasn't that great of a quarterback. He had such great surrounding cast, but the things that Marshall Falk could do with his hands and catching the ball out of the backfield. If Adrian Peterson, you know, could score 30 touchdowns in a season, 20 – 29, then I would, and 10 of them were out of the backfield, I'd put him number one, but I'm going to Allen, AP, LT, and Falk. Okay. RC rebuttal. Uh, I, uh, it, it's, it's a tough question. It's just, I can't even yeah. keep track of who he said, to be honest with you. It's <laughs> always a lot. Let's write them down yeah. and take a note. But uh, I stand by my list, I think. Uh, I, I stand by my list. I think the pass catchers plus the receiving, and they have more touchdowns, the LT right. and Marshall Falk. So I stand by my answer. Yeah. Okay. This next question goes to Andrew. <clears throat> it's another uh, couple players to keep in mind, but I think it's simpler, <laughs> hopefully. Um, your team needs a quarterback for next season. Who do you take out of the following three? Robert Griffin third, Colin Kaepernick, or Peyton Manning? Ooh, wow, that's that's a good one. Um, for me, I'm guessing you're smart, man. They're challenging y'all. Yeah, they're pretty tough. I'm not gonna go Peyton, obviously, because I'm starting to build a team, and I don't want to draft. A, you know, are we talking about like coming now at, of age or? You get what I'm saying? Or free agency, obviously. Well, I'm going to go with Colin Kaepernick just because of the youth factor. Um, it's unfortunate to watch how much he lost his confidence in the last couple of years. I think getting rid of Harbaugh was just such a huge mistake. But uh, I think there's so much upside there that there's uh, I can't take RG3 because of the ACL issues. It's just not feasible for me to build a team around him. So And Peyton's neck, um, I just think Kaepernick with his legs – and the way he can move, and he seems to be able to get out of bounds and protect himself better than RG3 can. So I just think with the youth and that arm strength, 70 yards on a dime, uh, I'm going to have to take Kaepernick. I tend to – Hey, RC. It's, situ- it's so hard to do something like this because it's situational. I think where Kaepernick is, if he's in San Francisco, I would see. I have a hard time seeing him suddenly getting his confidence back. Right now, he currently wants to trade, and mentally, you've got to wonder where he is. He Trip Kelly's system would be the best system possible for him. It's made Sam Bradford look competent. It's made uh, Nick Foles look sensational the one season where he threw 29 touchdowns and only two interceptions. So I wonder where his head is. 
you always wonder where RG3's head is, but maybe a fresh start would be better for RG3, and that's what he'd be getting. Kyle Kaepernick would still be in San Francisco. So I give the slight edge to RG3, and Peyton Manning, he should just retire. Okay, Andrew? What? Um, Yeah. The uh, the thing that uh, RT brought up again that I brought up about Kaepernick is that confidence. And you notice that uh, every year after RG3's rookie year, you can just see his confidence slowly slipping away. And uh, like you said, if you're putting plugging uh, um, Kaepernick or RG3 into Chip Kelly's system and offense, I could see a possibility of both of them succeeding, but the reason I take Kaepernick is because I'm more concerned about an ACL than a quarterback's confidence. The confidence you can work on and build. Once you tear that ACL, it's just there's so many question marks in the air. That's so health-wise, I'm going to take Kaepernick over RG3. Okay. Next question. What defense? And this is back to RC. What defense is better equipped to stop the passing game in the modern NFL? Three four or the four three? Uh, this is actually this is not that great of a question because they don't really play <laughs> teams don't really play four three and three four the way that people traditionally think they do because everything right. now is a hybrid. Even when they're hot, right. like Bill Belichick, they have they have one, two gap principles on one side and one gap principles on the other side. So tra- this traditional argument in the modern game, defenses have had to adjust, and no one plays a static three four or four three. So my answer really is. The hybrid is the true answer because no one basically is playing a, totally any of those things. They, the offense is so complicated. Defenses have had to follow suit. Um, he pretty much just took the words right out of my mouth. Being uh, born and raised a Bills fan, and you know watching Rex try to bring in his four-three and trying to work with a three-four when Patton was here before he went away to Cleveland. Um, I just think it all depends situationally that how good your backfield is. You know, if you have a great safety, you can play over the top and also come up into the box, you know, then it's, it's so hard. You never really see a typical 3-4 or 4-3 nowadays. It's, uh, you know, a hybrid, what they want to call it, or like a 3-3-5 nickel, you know. It's... It, it, like you said, I don't think that's the best question because it's you really never see pure four threes or three fours anymore in this passing league. You know, that's I, I, I don't have much more of an answer for that. I believe with I totally agree with everything RC just said. I don't know if that's think, okay. RC, do you have do you have a follow I'd say, up? Uh, philosophically, to answer their question, the three four <laughs> do tend to be. More a lot of the four three teams are more hybrid than three four, even though they are hybrid too. But when you look at uh, Rex Ryan's offense and Rob Ryan's defense, rather, you see them blitzing a lot, and that's kind of a staple of three four, where you got guys that can blitz from all kinds of angles and all kinds of things. So I still prefer the four three because the three four um, can get uh, kind of analysis by uh, paralysis by analysis, where you're trying to be so complicated like Rex, when sometimes you just need to keep it simple. So I still would prefer the 4-3 answering the first question, the actual question. I, was, I would prefer the 4-3 and 3-4, but I would say the NFL is moving more towards the mushy middle than one or the other. 
Okay, great. And this is our sixth question, and we'll be moving back to Andrew here. Okay, so this question is in a couple parts as well. Pick a position. What is the best way to evaluate modern players within that position with the current rule changes in the modern NFL, and what makes someone from this new generation a surefire Hall of Famer at that position? Can you read that one again? Because that, that seemed unclear. Okay. Unless you don't pick want him to read it again, Jervy. But <laughs> it didn't seem pick clear position, to me. What is, pick a position. What is the best way to evaluate that okay. player as a Hall of Famer under that position with the with the new rules in the modern NFL? Um, Man, I really don't even know how to answer that. That's a weird question. Um, A surefire Hall of Famer at that position, how I would evaluate them? Yeah, let's just go with quarterback. Uh, How would you evaluate a modern uh, player with the rule changes at quarterback? Because obviously stats are inflated. Let's just say quarterback to make it simpler. How how do you evaluate somebody as a Hall of Famer? I'm going to evaluate a defensive tackle um, just because of the impact that they can make on the field and on the offense opposite of them without putting up ridiculous sad tackle numbers. Because when you have a guy, you know, that's, you look at Marcel Darius, you just gave him all that money. He's six three, you know, three twenty five. But it, it, the impact he has on that defensive front and what frees up the safeties is doesn't show up on his stat sheet. He's such a menace that uh, I think that for to be a, a surefire Hall of Famer at the defensive tackle position. It's not going to give you ridiculous stats, but when, you know, you have a guy who weighs 320 and can run, you know, like a 4'9", 4'10", 4'640", which is, you know, just absurd that these guys are just getting bigger and faster. I'm definitely going to go for uh, size and speed and strength and uh, lateral movement. It's uh, That was a really tough question. I didn't. Yeah, well, it was kind of hard to wrap my head around it, you know. But that's what I got. Okay, well, you got a rebuttal. You, you got uh, a rebuttal. Yeah, I do. Quarterback uh, position. I'm looking at, and I'm going to say that the most. In, I, I have three, but I'm going to say the most important one in, in order: uh, third down and long, so third down and seven or more, red zone efficiency, and interception rate. First, third down and long. Third down and long is a true test of a quarterback. You can all these things that you want and get easy short passes on first and second down. But when it's third and long, everybody knows you're passing, the defense is probably blitzing, the defensive linemen have their ears pinned back, and they are coming after you. Red zone is crucial. You've got to score touchdowns over field goals in the red zone. If you want to win football games and get to the next level, that separates Tom Brady from Alex Smith. And interception rate is better than just looking at straight interceptions because the interception rate is based on how many times you throw it, and it can be deceiving if a quarterback that throws the ball more and throws deeper than someone like Alex Smith who doesn't throw as often and does short pass. See myself. Hey, good. Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, do you – yeah, sorry, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, rebuttal. Um, yeah, that was – I might have to give RC the point on that one because that was great. Um Another position, I would say, almost the same as defensive tackle, is, uh, like you said, a a running back. How do you determine a surefire Hall of Fame running back now? Is it a guy who pads 
say, an Alex Smith stat because of the way Jamal Charles can block and catch out of the backfield. Uh, for me, I would go blocking ability and speed out of the running back position, which, you know, for me, defensive tackle and running back, that's what I have. I didn't, I didn't do very good on that question. That was a little confusing to me. That's all right. Okay. Well, we are at our final question, gentlemen. Um, This one has to do with just two players. Pretty straightforward. Um, Who is the better player at their position? Marvin Harrison or Terrell Owens? Huh. All right. I'm going to go. People, this one goes to to RC first. (laughs) This question, I have a lot. I have a very passionate answer for this. And a lot of this is because people don't understand how to evaluate the receiver position and T.O.'s personality. But it's T.O. If you look at explosive plays, T.O. had more explosive plays. Harrison, granted, great player, got open, seemed to always be open, a lot of catches. I'm not even going to use the excuse that he had paid paid Manning, but I'm going to say it so it's in your head. But he's always open. But you have to look at Terrell Owens. No matter who he played for, what system he was in, he was unguardable, a rare combination of speed, power, and athleticism that we've actually never seen before a receiver. Randy Moss was elegant, and he could jump over your head, and he was super fast. Jerry Rice ran for South Sprout. But – T.O. had everything. And if you give him the ball after the catch, it was like a running back. And it was tough to tackle him. He was always open. His only weakness was his hands. But just to tell you how good Terrell Owens was, he had bad hands. And he's without a doubt the top three receiver in the history of the league. He was open so much he could drop the ball and still make plays later on in the game. That's a bad dude. Yeah, hey, Drew, I want that. on, sir. What's that? Go ahead. All right. Um, I also said, since he put Bain Manning in my head, I'm going to have to say that I think Marvin, yeah, he was great, amazing hands, great route runner, but he was also product of that environment. If you could tell me the number one receiver uh, that is a surefire Hall of Famer that is going next to T.O., um, uh, Marvin Hare had, the, had that and Reggie Wayne, so he didn't get the double coverage like T.O. did. He was always the best player on the field when they played, and I've met the man in person, and he, well, we've never seen a, that that kind of size and speed and just raw physical talent before at that position. I don't believe so uh, since Megatron, and I remember watching T.O. when he was a Bill, and um, I just it, – and could you tell me who was the best quarterback, a surefire Hall of Famer that was throwing to T.O.? Remember when T.O. was putting up those stats with Jeff Garcia? Granted, he had a great arm, but we've never seen anything like T.O. that I can't believe he didn't get in on that first ballot. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see anything like him again. Just he, like R.C. said, he's a bad dude. It's Calvin maybe size-wise, but like you said, you know, it's, T.O., without a question, hands down, Marvin couldn't compete. Um, I just want to take my time, my little time, to say that uh, Andrew did a great job tonight. And also, people on the page are saying he's agreeing with me. Well, guess why he's agreeing with me? Because I'm right, dummies. That's why he's agreeing (laughs) with me. Maybe y'all should learn a lesson instead of being in your pride and just say, R.C.'s right. I agree. Well, maybe people, you know, should quit uh, talking and step up to the plate. I've never done That's anything right. like no, this. Tell them. You step to the I plate. Never, 
and came yeah, up I've to never, give a hard question. Yeah, tell him, I've, never done, tell I've never done anything like this before. I wanted to get in here and, and see how it goes. So, you know, I got one under my belt, and uh, I'll come back stronger and better the next time. And I also want to say hey, to ask on the page, who debated me better? Yeah, Chris, you're going to have to deal with me. Who debated me better? Drew definitely debated me better than Wallace Glenn, your coward. <laughs> <laughs> the P.A.B.? I appreciate the uh, the offer to come to debate you, man. It was fun. Like I said, I, I appreciate you doing it too, man. We just shaking hands now, Chris. Like like after a fight, man. Uh, like first time, uh, first time I ever done anything like this. But now I know how it goes, and I'll be back. That's, that's all right, all gentlemen. Well, we definitely appreciate it. Thank you, thank you for joining us, Andrew and RC. All right, man. Thanks for moderating. All right. RC, Bumbaye! RC, Hey, you guys, have a great night. <laughs> hey, y'all have a good one as well. Take care. All right, later, guys. This has been your Iconoclastically Bombastic Sports Debate Series. Until next time, y'all have a great night.